Next verse, verse 180. Another rule Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, which is that, it has been decreed upon you, when death approaches one of you. Hadra is to appear, from the root letter is hadadra, hadir is one who is present. So when death is present before one of you, meaning a person is at the verge of death. They're about to die. It's very obvious that they're going to die now. How does a person know that they're going to die? They get a notice hmm? from the angel of death? Is that it? No. The signs of death are clear. Give me an example. A severe illness or a severe increase in illness and the doctors basically send the person to palliative care. Where basically they are waiting to die. They could die in a day, they could die in a month, they could die in two weeks. Alright? So the signs of death have appeared. A person knows that he does not have long to live. So when a person is in this state, in taraka khayran, if that person is leaving some khair. Now khair means good, something good. But khair also means wealth or property. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, that وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٌ People are very intense in their love for good. And what does good mean over there? Money. Meaning people love money. Alright? So here, what is being said is that if a person who's dying is leaving behind some wealth. And when the word khair is used for wealth, it means a significant amount of money. So this dying person is leaving a significant amount of wealth. So what should he do? He should tell people what to do with his money. Isn't it? Because otherwise what's going to happen? He's going to die and people are going to start fighting over his stuff. No, this is mine. No, that's mine. No, this is mine. No, that's mine. It's unfortunate, but these sad things happen in life. So the dying person must leave a al-wasiyyah. Wasiyyah, bequest. From the root letters, waw sadia. And there is a few words that I want you to understand over here. One word is wasiyyah. Wasiyyah is translated as bequest or final will. Okay? Wasiyyah is the final will or bequest. Meaning, what a person says should be done with his money after he dies. Like for example, a person says that I possess a million dollars when I die, half a million should go to my son, half a million should go to my daughter. For example, I'm not saying that's the right way, but for example, he says that. Or a person says that I will all of my money to my cats. You know what I'm talking about? So they say all of my money should go to my cats after I die. All of my money or some of my money should go to such and such cause. Another person says, when I die, half of my property should go for this charity. For instance. So this is wasiyah. This is will, final will. The second term I want you to understand is musin. Musin is the person who's making the wasiyah. Who's the musin? The person who is making the wasiyah. So for example, there's a man, his name is Harith. And he's at the verge of dying and he says that when I die, then my money should be distributed like this and like that. So who is he? Musin. Okay? Another thing you should remember is, or you should understand is, the executor of the will. What does that mean? That the Musin appoints a person, gives him instructions. He says, 
this is my money in this bank, in this locker, here's the key, here are all the documents, alright? And I want you to give this to that person, and this to that person, and this to that charity. So basically, who is he? The executor of the will now. So let's say Haris is about to die, and he appoints his best friend, Malik, to carry out the final will. So who's Malik? The executor of the will. Clear? Are these terms clear? Okay. Now let's look at the verse. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is decreed on you that when a person is dying and they're leaving behind a significant amount of wealth, they should make a will for who? Lilwalidain, for their parents, wal aqrabin and the closest relatives, bil ma'roof, in a recognized way. Meaning they should make clear what should go to their parents and what should go to their other relatives. And it should be in an appropriate way. حَقًّا عَلَى الْمُتَّقِينَ This is a duty upon the people of taqwa. This is an obligation on people who truly fear Allah. That they should give some guidelines with regards to their money also. So think of it this way. Haris was traveling with his best friend Malik. Let's make up a story. They're traveling. And what happens, there's a really bad accident and Harith is at the hospital and the doctor says, you're not going to survive. Okay? So Harith says to Malik, this is my wasiya, please go to my family and tell them that I give this to that person and this to that person. Now what happens, Malik says, well, I really want his car. You know? Okay, Harith dies, Harith is buried, and then Malik goes home and he says to the family, I'm really sad about your loss. This is what your father said, you know, that his money should be divided in this and this way. And he said that the car should be mine. Did Harith say that? No, he didn't. He didn't. Malik is making that up, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَن بَدَّلَهُ So whoever changes it. Changes what? The wasiyah. بَعْدَمَا سَمِعَهُ after hearing it, meaning he knows exactly what Haris told him to do with his money, but he changed it on purpose. He changed the instructions or the distribution. فَإِنَّمَا إِثْمُهُ Then indeed its sin will be on who? عَلَى الَّذِينَ يُبَدِّلُونَهُ It will be on those people who change the will. So who's guilty over here? Who's guilty over here? Malik is guilty for changing the will. Alright? Let's say, Haris is only leaving behind a nice car. That's the only thing. For example, and then Malik says to Haris's family that, well, your father gave me his car. So now the family gets nothing. Is that fair? No, it's not fair. The family feels so bad. Our father, you know, he didn't leave anything for us. He gave everything away. He gave his car to his friend. How could he do that? They feel bad in their hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this sin is on who? On the people who changed the will. They changed it. They're committing a crime. So what's the first thing we learn from this ayah? That changing the will is a crime in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If somebody entrusts you with their money, they tell you to do something, then you better do it honestly. And if you're dishonest, you're committing a serious offense. Let me give you an example of how sometimes we do this, or we could do this. Your dad gives you $20. Go to the grocery store and get milk. So what happens? You go, you buy milk, and then you also buy like three chocolate eggs or something. Okay, whatever you like. Okay, 
And then you come home and your dad's like, okay, where's the rest of the money? And you're like, oh, the milk was $20. Or you say, you say it was like organic and you know, fresh and it was like double the price of organic milk, so that's why it was $20. And you make up a whole long story about it. This is what? Khiyana. You're lying. You're cheating. And remember the hadith? That who is it? That when they're entrusted with something, they cheat. What kind of a person does that? A hypocrite. This is a sign of a hypocrite. Now, it's a funny story, but think about it. If your dad does not want you to buy something else with that money, then don't do something else with that money. If he wants you to buy only milk, then only milk. Not a chocolate bar. And then you make an excuse, oh, I lost the receipt. That's a lie. Another lie. A lie on top of a lie. Right, your mom gives you money for your school trip and then she expects you to bring back the change and you're like, oh, everything's gone. Right? Your dad gives you the card so that you can go buy something from the shoe store for yourself and you know you give the card and on the bill there's a huge amount. And what happened? You actually bought two pairs and you said that, oh, you bought a very expensive one pair. I mean, these are all ways in which we can do khiyana with money. So be careful. This is not something small. فَمَنْ بَدَّلَهُ بَعْدَمَا سَمِعَهُ فَإِنَّمَا إِثْمُهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يُبَدِّلُونَهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is hearing and knowing. Allah heard what the dying person said. And He knows what the dying person wanted to be done with his money. And if people change the will, then they're criminals. Next verse. فَمَنْ خَافَ مِنْ مُوسٍ Then whoever fears from the Musin. Who's the Musin? The person who's dying, who's making a will. Now his friend is afraid that he is making a janafan. What is janafan? A mistake. Okay, it's from the root letters jim nun fa. And basically janaf is to incline away from what is right. To turn away from what is right. And this could be because of ignorance or this could be because of a mistake. Aw isman or a sin. What is a sin? That when a person is deliberately, knowingly doing something wrong. Okay? Deliberately, knowingly doing something wrong. So back to the story of Haris and Malik. Haris is dying. And he says to Malik, Malik, you've been such a good friend of mine. Thank you for being here with me. And you know what? My family, they don't really care about me. So you know what? I don't want them to get anything from my money. So here's my wasiyah. I'll sign the documents. You keep all my money. So what is Haris doing? He's committing a sin here. Right? When he's depriving his family, okay? When Haris is depriving his family, he's committing a sin. Now Malik realizes that this is wrong, this is not right. So if Malik says, no, come on. Yes, your family has not been good to you, but you should be good to them. Give them something. Give them what they deserve. So what happens? Haris agrees, and so he willed something for his family and for his friend. Okay? So this is an example of ism. Right? He was making an ism. And what did his friend do? فَأَصْلَحَ بَيْنَهُمْ He corrected the situation. Okay? He corrected the situation. So, فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ There is no sin on him. Alright? There is no sin on him. Another way we can understand this is that let's say Haris says to his friend Malik, Haris is the dying person, he says to his friend, give all of my money to my wife and make sure my son gets nothing. Because I'm very upset with him. 
So Malik understands that Haris is not really in a good state, so he ignores it. He goes to the family and he says to the wife that, look, this is what your husband said, that you should keep everything and not give anything to your son. But I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right. You should not deprive your son. You should give something to him. So this is what? He is doing islah between them. Between who? Between the heirs. He's advising them. That look, you should be fair. فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ Then there is no sin on him. So in the previous ayah, what do we learn? You cannot change the will at all. Correct? You cannot change the will at all. But what if the will is unfair? What if the will is unfair? Then what? Can you change it? Yes, you can. And then in that case, there is no sin. In Allah غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Now, one thing I want you to understand is that these were verses that were revealed initially regarding inheritance. What is inheritance? How the money of a dead person is to be distributed in their family. Okay? So this was the initial law. Then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed more verses regarding inheritance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fixed the shares of each family member. Okay? The shares are fixed. So for example, the share of the wife, the share of the son, the share of the daughter. In the case of the death of the wife, the share of the husband. Or the share of the mother, the share of the father. These shares are fixed. And they're mentioned in Surah An-Nisa in a lot of detail. A third, a fifth, a fourth, an eighth. Alright? So there is an entire law of inheritance. So these verses are in a way abrogated by the verses in Surah An-Nisa. Can you write that down please? Remember, Naskh we learned about? So this is an example of Naskh. Now a person cannot decide on their own. I want my wife to take everything. Or I want my son to take everything. I want my son to take this much and my daughter to take this much. No. You don't decide. Who decides? Allah decides. That if you have two children, if you have two boys, one girl, then each one will have a fixed share that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided. You don't decide. So is this clear? We no longer have the right to decide how much of our money goes to which relative. Clear? Who has decided that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why in hadith we learn, this hadith is mentioned in your book, that Allah has given each heir his fixed share, so there is no will for a deserving heir. But there is one more thing I want you to understand, which is that out of your money, you do have the right to give up to one-third of it to someone that you want. Okay? Write this down. Up to one-third of your money... You can give to who? Someone that you want. What does that mean? That means, like for example, Hadis is dying, and he says to Malik that divide my property according to Islamic law. Okay? That's what I want you to do. However, I want you to give one third, which is a little over 30%, right? Uh, I want you to give 10% of my money to the masjid. For example, I want you to give 10% of my money to the masjid. Is this allowed? Is this allowed? 
Yes, it is allowed. Okay? So then we can understand the verses in that context. This is talking about the one-third that you can will. Alright? Now there is a hadith in which we learn that Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, he was in Makkah, he was at the conquest of Makkah, he fell ill and he thought he was going to die. The Prophet ﷺ came to visit him and Sa'ad radiallahu anhu wanted to tell the Prophet ﷺ that basically I have a lot of money and I want my money to be used in a good cause. So, you know, take care of it. And the Prophet ﷺ told him that you should leave something for your relatives. You should leave something for your relatives. And so... He said, can I give all of it? He said, no. He said, can I give a third of it? He said, yes. But even a third is too much. Even a third is too much. Meaning, let your heirs take what they deserve. Alright? So, what do we learn from these verses? That our money that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is an amanah on us. We have to use it in the right way in this life. And when we die also, we have to make sure that it goes to the people who deserve it. And then if we want some of it to go for a good cause, so that we continue to get reward even when we are in our graves, then we can do that. But with only up to a third. Okay? So for example, a person says, when I die, make sure you give $2,000 for the purposes of digging a well. Or for educating poor people. Right? or for the building of that masjid, for example. So they can do that. And we should take advantage of it. Of course, the question is that if a person was dying and they gave, let's say, 10% of their money for the building of a masjid, will they get reward for that in their grave? Of course they will. As long as that masjid is used, people come and pray there, people come and learn there, they will get reward continuously. Oh, good question. Can you give one-third of your money to a person who already has a share? Can you? No. Because see this hadith? The Prophet ﷺ said, there is no will for a deserving heir. Will is what? Up to one-third. Okay? So for example, let's say, in the case of a father, he has a son, and the son gets, let's say, half of his property, for example. So he says, you know what? He gets half and I will one-third of my property to him also. So what does the daughter get? Next to nothing. Is that fair? It's not fair. You cannot make a will in favor of a of an heir. Wasiyah is only for a non-heir. Good question. What if a person did not give any clear guidelines about their money? And so their children or their family is deprived. Like for example, a person lives in this country and they did nothing to ensure that their property is given to their children or their family after they die. So then what? They've made a huge mistake. Right? This is in a way a crime. Because you have to do your part to make sure that your family gets your property. So one of the things that you should do, you see in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, it is not permissible for any Muslim who has something to will to stay for two nights without having his last will and testament written and kept ready with him. Meaning if you have something that could be inherited by someone, you better have matters clear 
Don't go to sleep without it. So for example, here what you can do is you can go to a lawyer and you can declare your assets, right? Get a legal document made and then ensure that you appoint someone as an executor of the will and you give certain directions that it should be distributed according to Islamic law of inheritance. For example, and if you don't do that and your family gets nothing after you die, there's a big problem there. If a person has nothing to give, this does not apply. Okay? Remember the verses, إِن تَرَكَ خَيْرًا If he's leaving some wealth behind. What if the executor of the will dies? Well, that's the thing. It should be written. These matters should be written. Yes? Same thing. These matters should be written. This is why I'm saying go to a lawyer, get a legal document made. Right? Encourage your parents to do that. Basically, the heirs are your closest relatives. Okay? Parents, children, spouse. Okay? And if any one of them is missing, then it goes to the next one. Siblings, uncle, cousins, etc., etc. Okay? Remember, like I said, the law is given in detail in Surah An-Nisa. Okay, last question. That's the thing. We should be prepared for death. Right? Because death can come at any time. So if you have something to give, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you money, then make sure it's not all disorganized that even your family doesn't know what you own and what you don't own. Make sure you live in an organized way so that your family is able to figure out what you own, what you don't own, how it's supposed to be distributed. You see, Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, this is mentioned in the hadith that he said, ever since I heard the statement from Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa no night has passed but my will is kept ready with me. He had it ready with him. So you know how you have your legal documents like your birth certificate, your passport, your marriage certificate, etc. You have your legal documents with you? Your will should also be a legal document that you should keep with you or you should ensure that it's there. Okay, one more thing about wasiyah. Wasiyah is not just with regards to how the money is to be distributed. Wasiyah can also be other instructions that are given. Okay, like for example, a person is about to die and they have a massive library. They have lots of books. And they know that their kids, let's say this person has lots of books in Arabic. And their children don't know how to read Arabic. Right? And so they say that, look, when I die, I don't want these books to go to waste. So figure something out. Discuss amongst yourselves. But I want that these books are made good use of. Okay? A person has, let's say, some rights over a company, for instance. So he can give some instructions regarding that. A person has young children and they say that, okay, I'm about to die. I want that my son should become a hafil. I want that my daughter should go to that school. I want my children to be educated. Right? So this is an important wasiyah. So any kind of instruction that a dying person gives is all in the category of wasiyah. Is this clear? It's not just the division of money, it's also other important instructions and all of them have to be respected. Very good point. If a person does not have Muslim family, they can write in their will that when I die, I want to be buried in an Islamic way. You understand? And if you are in a situation like that, you must make sure that you make a will regarding that, that when I die, I should be buried in an Islamic way. 
اور فار ایگزامپل وین آئی ڈائی مائی باڈی شوڈ ناٹ بی یوزڈ فار سچ اینڈ سچ پرپز گڈ کوشچن وٹ ایف دا فیملی از ناٹ بینگ فیئر ان دا سینس دیٹ دیر ناٹ جسٹلی ڈسٹریبیوٹنگ دا اسٹیٹ لائک فار ایگزامپل دیر لیونگ آؤٹ ون بردر اور ون سسٹر کمپلیٹلی اینڈ دس از انفارچونیٹلی ویری کامن ان سم مسلم کلچرز ویئر ویمن آر ناٹ گیون اینی شیئر آف انہیریٹنس دا فادر ڈائز اینڈ دا ڈاٹر گیٹس نتھنگ دا سنس گیٹ ایوری تھنگ سو دین وٹ دس از انجسٹس ناؤ دا سن ول بی آن ہو on the people who are being unfair the heirs who are being unfair not the dead person as long as he gave clear instructions if he said don't give anything to my daughter then of course he's making a mistake and can the executor of the will change the will can he change it yes he can fa aslaha baynahum fala isma alayh so the point is that our money is not really our money It's an amana on us in our life and also after our life. So it's our duty to use our wealth in the right way and we should prepare for death and ensure that after we die also our money is distributed correctly. Okay. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu kutiba alaykumul qisasu fil qatla الحر بالحر والعبد بالعبد والأنثى بالأنثى فمن عفي له من أخيه شيء فاتباع بالمعروف وأداء إليه بإحسان ذلك تخفيف من ربكم ورحمة فمن اعتدى بعد ذلك فله عذاب اليم ولكم في القصاص حياه يا اولي الالباب لعلكم تتقون كتب عليكم اذا حضر احدكم الموت ان ترك خيرا الوصيه للوالدين والاقربين بالمعروف حقا على المتقين فمن بدله بعدما سمعه فانما اسمه على الذين يبدلونه ان الله سميع عليم فمن خاف من موص جنفا او اثما فاصلح بينهم فلا اثم عليه ان الله غفور رحيم 